Welcome to the Quandrum Art of Joyful Living podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, co-founder of Quandrum, and I have the honor to be hosting this podcast series. In each episode, I'll be inviting our guests to share their words of wisdom on the art of joyful living, whether that's in relation to personal growth, genuine belonging, positive impact, or simply having fun. And welcome to episode eight of the Quandrum Art of Joyful Living podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Rachel Cole. Rachel is an award-winning musician, business owner, and founder of a not-for-profit organization. She started the Choose Happiness Project as a way to encourage people to consciously make joy a priority, regardless of what life throws in their way or what is going on in the world. It consists of videos, blogs, and interviews with experts in the field, and her accompanying book titled Choose Happiness was published in February this year. Rachel's own Choose Happiness podcast launches next week from where she lives in Boulder, Colorado. Welcome, Rachel. Excited to have you on the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, first off, I'm interested to know, and I guess, you know, our listeners are too, what gave you the spark to start the Choose Happiness Project? Yes, well, it was interesting. Um, I became an empty nester. And even though I had kind of these part-time work gigs that I had here and there, I was looking for something else to really throw my efforts into. And I was just sort of looking around and, and thinking and ruminating. And um, you know how the universe really gives you signals, I think. And um, I was at the post office one day of all things. And I'm kind of friends with the people who work there because I go there a lot. And there was this woman who was just a customer screaming and yelling at one of the workers named Bill. And, and he was so calm and mm. yes, I understand. And, and I was really impressed. And so when I got up to the counter, I was like, Bill, how, how did you handle that? And he said, happiness is a choice. Why am I going to let that complete stranger ruin my day? And I was like, wow, that's great. And then a couple days later, I was out and I saw a journal with the words, choose happiness on it. And I was like, mm, mm, and the wheels started mm. turning. And then I saw something else that had the words, choose joy on it. And I thought, maybe, maybe this is something. And so I started out with just some videos and some blogs, and then I was able to branch out into interviews, which has been great. I have learned so much from these people. And then the book happened during lockdown. So that right. was a great way to channel my efforts. It was. Isn't it amazing how the universe can conspire to send you down a certain path with these <laughs> yes. subliminal and sometimes not so subliminal messages? Right. right? Rachel, exactly. you, you'll take notice of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got a journey. That's fantastic. I mean, at Quandrum, you know, we see joyful living has been built on four pillars. Mm -hmm. um, there's belonging, fun, growth, and impact. And today we're going to focus on the pillar of fun, which I know you're super passionate about. So first of all, how does fun show up in your own life? Oh, what a great question. Um, we tend to celebrate everything in our house. I mean, being it a half birthday or the fact that the sun is out or um, especially with our kids, like when they were younger on the way to school, it'd be crazy and we're running late and everything. And then we would stop at a red light and we'd hear birds chirping in the trees. 
and I'd put the windows down like, hey, listen, the birds are having a tea party or that bird's mad at that bird. What are they talking about? And so we definitely make it a priority. And a lot of times it involves stopping what you're doing to make time for the fun, if that makes sense. Um, right, I think to actually so prioritize it, to actually make it a choice. Make it a choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so we'll have, you know, random parties. Um, certainly before COVID, we had a lot more. Um, or, you know, like right now I'm taking an Italian cooking class with somebody in Italy. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's so much fun. And it doesn't always go well, but we have the, well, what the heck, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. It's just, it's fun to do. And um, so many times I think we get stuck in, oh, it's too much trouble or why bother? And we're very much, a, well, go for it. What's the worst that can happen? And, you know, it uses usually ends up being a ton of fun, whatever we choose to do with that yeah. intention. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And, and you know, I, I guess, you know, many of us desire more fun in our lives. Um, and in theory, it shouldn't be too difficult to add some fun. It's fairly simple. There's so many options that we have there, which you could put into this box of fun. But somehow, you know, when we reflect on our lives, many of us express dissatisfaction with the amount of fun we're having. Um, and we did some research earlier this year into both people in the US and people in the UK to one of the questions we asked them is how satisfied are they with the amount of fun they're having? And as many as, you know, 20%, one in five in the US said they're dissatisfied with the amount of fun. And that number rose to even 30%, almost one in three in the UK said they're dissatisfied with that. Now, obviously, you know, with COVID lockdown, mm -hmm. there's a, a huge impact. Um, on the externality, but in terms of what you've been saying about fun and being a choice, that still seems like a huge number of people. So why don't they do anything about it? That's a really, another good, good questions. Um, I think it's, if you picture a child running around a playground, mm. they run to the slide and they run to the swings and they run to the merry-go-round and they'll stop and look at some grass and there's this freedom of being in the moment. They don't think about it, they just have fun. And then as we get older, we're taught an adult has to be serious or games have to be competitive. There's no, let's just play this card game for fun. And I believe we really lose that because we were taught these messages that's too kid-like. Now that you're an adult, you, you may, you're not allowed to do mm, that. Grow up, and be I, mature. I, if we, we tap into that inner child, that's where the unabashed joy comes from. Right, opinion. so do you think people feel in some ways some sort of pressure to act adult-like in a way? Sort of we've been told, you know, don't be childish, um, you know, be I, serious. I do, and I think we let other things get in the way. Um, I remember when we were in France a few years ago, we were touring around a small town with a friend and we walked past this garage and there were about 15 people in there at a long table and they were eating and drinking and laughing and having the best time. And we took our little tour. Two hours later, we came back, they were still oh, there. Mm. And they, were, they had had a little more to drink and they were singing and we kind of poked our heads in and they gave us a wave and it was so fun. And what I noted about that was, there was no, you know, Pinterest inspired centerpiece. 
There were not matching dishes. No one was on the phone. They were just having a blast being together in that moment. And I think we can get stuck in taking pictures of everything. Oh, if the table doesn't look perfect, I can't have people over. Yeah. Or if I haven't dusted or mm. whatever, we get in our own way. And it's like, who cares? That's not the point. The point is being together. So I think that's something else we're taught by social media that perfection can stand in our way of having fun, I think. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I can see this sense that people can stress about <laughs> these types of things, right? Instead of how does it look? Um, the dust one's a good one, right? Yeah, we can't have mm -hmm. guests around today because I haven't done the cleaning. Right. right. And as though your guests are going to come and run their fingers across <laughs> your tops of your cupboards, right? Well, hopefully not. Otherwise, they shouldn't be your friends, really, if they're going to do That's that. exactly right. <laughs> right. Change your friends at that point. Right. But community, friendship, belonging, that those are obviously, you know, things that externally can help you have fun. Um, but I want to focus a moment a bit on sort of the internal side of it, the inner child you talked about. And I know you talk about having a happiness toolbox full of happiness tools. And so I'm sure, you know, our listeners would love to hear some tips for how those tools can add fun to their lives right now, right at this moment. Sure. So, and these are physical tools as well as, you know, mental, uh, hmm. uh, metaphorical tools. Um, so the first chapter of my book, I talk about happy shoes and it came from when I was in college and I remember we were at this play rehearsal and this woman I didn't really know came to practice and she was wearing this big ruffly flowered skirt. And I was like, Susie, oh my gosh, I love your skirt. She said, it's my happy skirt. I'm like, what? Mm. So well, I'm really, really stressed out. And then when I put this on, then I can feel happy every time. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, way to take power over the situation. You can't change the stresses, the exams and everything, but you can choose how you look at it. And that was brilliant to me. And I kind of filed it away for when I was a, an adult. Um, and now I have happy shoes. They're covered in glitter. I have a pair for the summer and a pair for the winter. And even just seeing them in my closet just gives me a lift. And right. when they're designated as my quote, happy shoes, then they have that purpose. And I got to tell you, it really works. It, it really, really works. Um, I talk about having a happy place. And, you know, for me, that's the ocean. And I'm like, get to it as often as you can. And when you're there, really use all of your senses to take it in. You know, the smell, the sounds, all the sights. And then remember it so you can travel there in your brain when you need to if you can't get there mm. and i have a little jar of sand on my desk that i can look at <laughs> think about the ocean you know when i need Beautiful. to um and also things like really simple i keep a little jar of bubbles you know a little with the wand okay yep. under my sink and if i'm having a stressful day i take three minutes i go outside and i blow some bubbles and it just takes me back to playing with my kids or my childhood. And I, something about it just evokes hope to me. And it's something so inexpensive and easy to do. And it makes that, that change in my brain. Um, and things like, you know, when it's raining, we're all like, oh, I have to stay inside. And think about when you were a kid and you put on your puddle boots and your raincoat and you splashed in the puddles. And allowing ourselves, giving ourselves permission to splash in puddles as an adult 
is so powerful. And again, it's, you could be, oh, I'm grumpy, it's raining, or, oh, yay, it's raining, I get to splash. So it's all that mindset. It is a mindset. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a, a child who's just turning eight. And, you know, I think that, that sort of six, seven, eight is that age where they really are that playful joy, that, that mm. cuddle, that anything can be turned into a game, anything can be turned into fun you know and so we have this game at the moment called the floor is lava um and i find myself clambering over all the furniture to try and get from one room to the other as a a five-year-old yeah um or swinging from the monkey bars um in the playground or or the sledge the sledge is something i love you know when the snow is there and that feeling of, of just sledging down a hill um, yeah, that, that's a feeling of pure joy. Yes. But you don't need a kid with you to do it, right? You can do it, right? And then when you're doing it, you know, feel the wind in your hair, and f- you know, really, really be in that moment. That's a big part of it too. It is. I loved what you said about the beach, about taking the time to really enjoy it. I heard a terrible statistic one day. I hope it's not true, but they said the average person spends 15 minutes outside of their car at the Grand Canyon. Mm. What? Mm. <laughs> like they don't go down to the bottom or they don't what, what yeah what yeah, yeah. they basically that? drive from one viewpoint to the next oh i see oh no get out take a snap get back in the car <sighs> and, you know they've driven like five hours from las vegas to get there and it's like and it's like a task like right. now we are doing this today Right. We've ticked wow. the box. We've done the Grand Canyon. Let's go back to, let's go back to the, the craps. <laughs> <So. laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, but I love the idea of that jar of sand. I mean, having that, that there to, to, to remind you, you know, to maybe open it up and smell a little bit of the, the sea air in that jar. It's exactly. Such an amazing thing. So these are all little things that people could do every day, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing expensive about them nothing mm-hmm. magical about them so really people we've got no excuse for for not following rachel's advice and building our own toolkits it doesn't have to be these ones obviously but think what brings us joy absolutely uh, build our own little toolkits so maybe that's what we're put out on social media to find out what people would add to their own joy happiness mm. toolkit that could be a fun oh, thing to to do. Excellent. I'd like to, to switch focus now a little bit and talk about the other pillars of joy that I mentioned. So if we talk a little bit about belonging, how do you see, you know, we can make choices that impact our joyfulness when it comes to belonging? Yeah, this one's really, really important. Um, I really believe that when we're choosing happiness, we have to consciously create a community of people around us who lift us up and support us and really care about us. And in conjunction with that, and this is the hard part, mm. is letting go of the ones that don't. Um, right. And this can be hard. I mean, some of us have decade-long friendships, and I feel like every so often we have to take stock and say things like, how do I feel when I get off the phone? Am I lifted up? Do I feel bad about myself? Or even something like, if I met this person now, would we still be friends? 
or would we be new friends? And, uh, you know, if some, for example, like I am a very positive person by nature, and I think this sounds kind of funny, but a lot of negative people like to hang out with me sometimes because, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, and then there's that give and take of, I feel myself being brought down. And I also sometimes have these um, categories of like good friends and acquaintances. And sometimes the friends move between the categories, mm. like someone's an acquaintance, they become a good friend or someone was a good friend. And then we've kind of diverged. Now they're like just an acquaintance and a Christmas card kind of friend. And I think it's important to not get stuck in I'm friends with this person just because I always have been, if they're not serving us on our happiness journey, mm. you know? Because well, everybody evolves, you know, I was talking to my last podcast, a wonderful gentleman called Nakula Dash. And one of the things he was talking about was how, you know, our life's purpose, our ultimate life's purpose is to evolve, mm. to evolve humans, but also evolve spiritually, ultimately. Mm. And to recognize that some people evolve at a different speed from other people. Some people don't evolve at all. Um, some people maybe evolve backwards. So, right. you know, who was a good friend for you 10 years ago might not necessarily be somebody you should be spending time with today. And, you know, with friends, that's reasonably easy work colleagues. You can almost do it. I suppose, obviously, in relationships, um, marriage, things like that, it becomes much more difficult. Obviously, this this concept of, yeah, th this person's bringing me down, this person's not doing me good, but we're married, right? And and yeah. so that becomes a much more difficult choice, obviously, for, for people to make mm -hmm. within that context of a relationship. Yeah, that, that can feel impossible. And what I've learned in my life is, if this person is a, uh, they're in my life no matter what, then I have to make the choice to take the good and leave the rest. Mm. Because we can get stuck on, oh, they annoy me and oh, they always do this and blah, blah, blah. But then if we look at, but they also are very generous to me. They, they're generous with their time. They um, always make time, they're there for me when I need them. That's another choice to say, right. I'm gonna focus on, and like anything else. and. Or it means hanging up the phone and taking five minutes to rant and rave and coming back or something. But always, I think, feeling like, like you're in control, that helps me to feel like this relationship is, is always going to be around. How can I reframe it so it's not harmful? Right. I like that idea. I like that idea of feeling and taking, saying, I am in control of my relationships or, you know, I am in control, I suppose, in two ways. One you're in control of how you can influence that relationship. And then you're in control of how you can react to how the other person pushes your buttons, as they say. I don't know if you say that in America, right? Push yes. somebody's buttons, right? So, you know, and that's your power, right? You have a power to let that affect you mm -hmm. or to not let that affect you, let it slide. And then, as you say, focus on, on the good things. Um, mm -hmm within that relationship it's not easy i think that that relationship one with with family you know you can change your friends you can't change your family saying yeah. in a way you can't choose it it's a tough one um definitely this, this one takes practice definitely definitely yeah. but i'm sure you've got some good advice uh, within your book to deal willing with that as well so so definitely look forward to that if we talk about 
personal well-being um we call it growth you know mm-hmm. I've, I've talked about you know nakula and, and evolution evolving as a person and and obviously you know choosing happiness when it comes to mental health emotional well-being and there's a lot of people suffering at the moment particularly young people um with emotional well-being issues how do you think you know choosing happiness can assist these people how can it help them improve their own well-being well i think one of the main things to do when we're thinking about growth is letting go of old behaviors that no longer serve us Mm. um i illustrate this in the book with a story i met someone who she was my daughter's um girl scout leader and we had to go to her house for something and she was showing me around and she opened up the door to like where the water heater and the duct work is. And she said, okay. oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't dusted in here in a few days. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, every couple of weeks I get up to my stepladder and I dust all the pipes. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I've lived in a bunch of different places in my life. Never once have I ever considered dusting my pipes. <laughs> right right and that got me thinking how often do we metaphorically dust our pipes or put time and energy and effort into something that does not matter at all ever Mm. it could be thinking about the past over and over again replaying old hurts it could be obsessing about our looks and our bodies it could be scrolling social media and comparing ourselves to someone else's highlight reel and to me these are all these things that we we do without thinking and they don't mean anything they're just our minds going 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 and so i like to think about that metaphor of dusting our pipes when it comes to those old behaviors sometimes even she was ocd i mean that was very true but these compulsive behaviors that we slip into and don't really realize how much they're wasting our time and wasting our efforts and our energy yes and Mm -hmm. our energy and not wasting it but maybe also depleting it um taking it down you know and whereas we can always look to grow our energy in a positive Mm -hmm. sense if we make that choice Mm-hmm. again definitely within those pipes so that's a fantastic story to see somebody actually every couple of weeks getting up into that cupboard to do something completely pointless <laughs> right but metaphorically we're all doing it we're all doing things that don't serve us habits habits are mm-hmm. uh, very useful things you know they enable us to do things on autopilot right <clears throat> but i think what I, i'm hearing is a theme amongst these different things is consciousness mm-hmm. taking control taking stock you know, mm-hmm. s- stopping taking a moment to reflect so not just being mindful as in mindful of the moment but also be mindful in terms of taking the time now and again to reflect on past decisions past behavior and understanding and, and learning from that and then moving forward Exactly. And sometimes I get feedback that this is very kind of Pollyanna-ish or Mm. blithely skipping along and and not paying attention to things. And I'm like, it's not that at all. It's not just sunshine and rainbows. It's sometimes this is really, it sounds funny to say it's hard work to be happy, but sometimes it is. 
and the more we do it, the better we get at it. But it it is not being oblivious. Mm. That's important, I think, to note. And yep. sometimes it's looking at hard truths or hard relationships, or again, the things that we're doing that we don't even realize are bringing us down and making that conscious choice like exercise, like yoga, like mindful meditation. To me, it falls under that category. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's a good way of looking at it. it. It can be hard work. It's not just, as you say, just rainbows and, and unicorns. Yeah, that would be great. That would be and great. And there's totally time for that, but, you know, not sustainably. Not sustainable. Great word, sustainably. That will take us on to talk about impact and sustainability and, you know, our impact on the planet. And, you know, I talk to, to quite many, in particular young people, who actually feel stressed or, you know, even depressed about the state of the planet and, and the direction humanity is taking um, or not taking um, for the planet. And, and what would you say to these young people? I would say once again, it is our responsibility to turn that despair into hope. And if you think about it, it's really, we're in charge to keep the earth healthy for our kids and their kids and their mm. kids and so on. And then we can take control of our part in it. All we can do is our part. So if we're making the choice to choose joy, mm. like everything else in our life, you know, we're not resigned to, oh, this is just what is. And that mindset I think is huge because that's very powerful. It extends to our lives and to the planet. And we've always recycled, but when we moved to Colorado, we started composting and that's made a huge difference in our trash output. And now it's ingrained in us. So when we go somewhere and they don't compost, we're like, I. I can't put these food scraps in the garbage. Like where's right. the compost bin? Um, and things like, I heard recently, uh, um, I forgot, I think it was 62 pounds of clothing per person end up in landfills uh, every year or something like that. Mm. And we'll do things like my daughter did a project where she took old jeans and made them into pillows and bags and we'll take t-shirts and, you know, instead of throwing them out, we'll change them into bags and pillows and, and there's no shortage of ideas online about how to recycle clothing. Um, but I think it's also important to say, okay, this is a, an infinitesimal feels like thing to do and it's small, but they all really do add up. And if everybody composts or d recycles or does something to do their part, that creates long lasting change. And that's the hope that we need to really hang on to. So again, you can look at it dismally or you can look at, how can I harness my power to make this positive change? Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of one of my favorite Chinese sayings about small streams becoming mighty rivers. Uh, and it's so true that we have to focus on the streams and how our actions can impact the streams that then impact the mighty river and not just stress about that mighty river and our inability to influence it. Mm -hmm. which I think is what many people do. They look at the polar bears and the ice caps and the glaciers and they think, wow, how can I stop that glacier from receding? And, you know, that, that's, that's a big task for one human to take on. But if you can do your little things, as you said, you know, okay, how do we get these genes um, to be recycled into something useful? Um, that will impact at the end of the day, that glacier in some way. And if everybody's doing that, then together we have a huge impact. So 
Thank you so much, Rachel, for that advice. And thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, it's been super fun, as it should have been, as we're talking about fun, to, right. to talk to you. So it, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. And But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for um, this time round. So, so thank you, Rachel, for being such a wonderful guest. Oh, thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. You're welcome. And a big thank you to everybody for listening today. And um, we hope you enjoyed hearing Rachel's thoughts. You can find out more about Rachel and her book on her website at www.choose-happiness.net. And you can find Rachel on Instagram at rcchoosehappy. It's one word. And on Facebook at rcchoosehappiness. And on YouTube at Choose Happiness. So Rachel is spreading happiness everywhere. So you should be able to find her. If you can't, get in touch with me and I will gladly connect you. So we hope you feel inspired and empowered by my chat with Rachel today to choose happiness for yourself and to use happiness to bring joy to the lives of others. And I hope you tune in next week for the next episode of the Quandrum Art of Joyful Living podcast. Thank you.